Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, presented by Conserve the Wild, your destination for an unfiltered look at conservation. Now, let's get wild. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast presented by Conserve the Wild. Today, my co-host, Talon Konjak, and I talk about what we have planned as far as uh, habitat improvements and activities now that spring is officially here. Um, Came in last week, although the weatherman didn't seem to get the memo as far as spring-like weather, but it is getting better every single day. So in this episode, what you're going to hear is our plans for the year 2019. Typically covers, as it does most years, food plots, doing some frost seeding, uh, doing some actual planting, what we're planting in some of those food plots, uh, why we're planting it a little bit. uh, And we also talk about Town's new project, uh, maple syrup, and my project uh, for this year, which is making a mason bee house. The one thing that I really want to point out to you is when we're talking about these food plots and and you'll hear us briefly touch on that subject uh, in the episode uh, is that when we're playing these yes the ultimate goal is to you know use them to attract deer for whenever we are hunting but there are a whole lot of wonderful side bars that come off off that a whole lot of benefits uh, to other wildlife and the things that we're planning so in, in the example that you'll hear from me, planting native grasses and some flowers and um, building this mason bee house, uh, there are, are songbirds and bees that are going to uh, really benefit from the things that we're planting. Uh, there's also turkeys that come in uh, as well. And, you know, we can only harvest in the state of Pennsylvania a certain number of deer. It's pretty low. Uh, for me personally, typically I could harvest based on the tags that I buy two to three deer a year. Uh, I typically stop at two and I get, I have witnessed over the years, you know, 20, 30, 40 deer utilizing the food plots that we plant and benefiting from the nutrition they're getting from, from the things that we plant. So, you know, when you're thinking about, think about in terms of that, that, um, you know, that we are feeding that many deer and only a handful uh, are actually taken off the landscape uh, it, the benefits really outweigh any type of uh, issues that some people may have with hunting, at least in, in our eyes. Uh, our goal is to, to make the herd healthier uh, before any kind of harvest decisions are made. So, you know, that's something that uh, I hope that any hunters that are listening to this or are taking from it is that you really need to uh, sort of micromanage uh, the herd on, on your property. You need to really look at what the herd is responding to how healthy that herd is and really determine you know what what kind of hunting should take place uh, there there may be some years where uh, you should feel like you should take four or five maybe ten uh, doe off of your property to increase the overall herd health there may be years where you decide hey or you know we shouldn't shoot any does on this property because the numbers are low uh, just because the state allows you to do it doesn't necessarily mean that it's best for the deer population or the turkey population or whatever it may be at your specific location. Uh, there's a mere 20 miles in between uh, Talon's camp and, and my cabin and 
the, the deer numbers are vastly different. Uh, so we definitely have sort of different ways to go about our management goals in those areas, in our areas that we have. Uh, so that's something that everyone should really take into account. Really take a, a close look at what your area has to offer and make your decisions based on that. I hope you enjoy. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Conservation Unfiltered. I'm Jason Creighton, sitting here with my co-host, Talon Konjak. How are you doing today, Talon? Good, Jason. How are you doing? This feels a little weird, like, now that we've actually, <laughs> like, because, and then, like, we do the intro, and it's like, we've already been talking for 10 minutes before we yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, doing a podcast with a friend. Uh, yeah. our, our conversations never really seem to end. Right. So, uh, this is you know, just when we decided recording, really. Yeah, so. You kind of have to make it formal. Yeah, I gotta. We gotta start with a little formal, and yeah. then we can go about our normal conversation as, as we have been doing yeah. for a while. So, this uh, episode of the podcast is all going to be about sort of like what we're what our plans are uh, since the weather is finally starting to break. Although I must say, this past weekend I was disappointed to see that it decided to snow above Interstate 80 on Friday night. So that uh, sort of kicked my shed hunting to the curb for the day so i gotta wait another week before i can do that up at the cabin uh, but uh let's start with you give me something that uh, you're planning on doing well i already shed hunted a couple of times no luck yet no luck no no luck yet so i've only been shed hunting for maybe three years yeah maybe yeah probably about that maybe another year i have found i have found two sheds both were at my grandfather's house Literally the first ever shed I've ever found yeah. was pulling into his long driveway. I stopped like, what is that? And it was a five point side from this nice buck that we'd right. seen around his house. So then I decided oh, I'll walk down to where he feeds the deer and just to see, you know, cause hey, food, right? That might be somewhere. And I found a little tiny gross misshapen four point side. Right. Uh, from a from a year and a half year old and that's it that's literally all I have found so you're just putting in miles in the woods is... <laughs> yeah I'm just out for a walk I'm, I'm out for a hike is all it is um, yeah, I mean we're so pretty good so where I, yeah I know you've been good yeah. I, I've seen some of your pictures and, and I think some are up on the website too. yeah some are up on the website so what like where do you go where, uh, where do you find like where are your hot spots that you look like what's the common theme of where you're finding these? I found most, uh, pines, I go to pines a lot. Okay. Uh, because they'll bend under the pines in the mm-hmm. winter because it's soft and you know they get a little bit of heat, you know, the, the warmth. Thermal all cover. The, yep. All the pine needles and it breaks up the wind a little bit. So I kind of find that they hang out there a little bit more. So I've, I've done well in pines. Uh, I do well on field edges. Okay. Uh, especially around home. Uh, you know, national forest is a little different story. Yeah. It's not like you're, but, around home there's always like some kind of uh like barrier so to speak like you know whether it's jaggers or like some sort of thick brush mm-hmm. on the edge of the field so you know you follow those uh trails into the field and they're like they're, they walk like we do you know they're ducking through stuff right, too right. so as they're ducking through that thick stuff a lot of times on the field edges they'll get knocked off you know when they're coming in to eat so but you're right with the food sources go to where they go to where they bed go to where they eat and you're probably gonna find stuff. Um, try to I, I try to avoid where they bed a lot because you know the winter they're tired. But right. I try to leave them go. Right. Um, but I go to where they eat 
you know, quite a bit. And that's where we have our life. And it all, honestly, if you can train a dog to do it, I don't, that's why I haven't found any this year. Yeah. No dog to help me yeah. this year. So yeah, that would definitely, definitely help out. And um, it was really weird not yeah, having him. I bet. You know, yeah, it was I bet. fun. Yeah, that would. <laughs> but, uh, but he, he did, a, he did a really good job helping find him. Too. So he probably found at least half of them that I've really found. that that's awesome. Yeah. That's a, I'm still working with my dogs trying to train them. I mean, they're 11 and six years old trying to train them with the bird hunting deal because I never right. really formally did it in the beginning. So I'm still trying to work on that. So just to add in, yeah, I'm playing catch up with them. And don't get me wrong, it's in them. You know that breed, the the Brittany breed. They they know what right. they're doing. So they're definitely better hunters than I am. Um, so just to add a whole another aspect of trying to train him to shed hunt, yeah, man. And that's what even he know. would, even if he wouldn't find uh, a shed right away, like you could tell he got real excited where deer had just been, right? Like so he would really be circling and, that's, like, and, and sniffing. I've so been working. I would look there, right? Know, and that's how I would. Right. I would if if he missed it or didn't get to that spot. I, I would right. find it sometimes. And that's something, I guess that's something that scares me a little bit is that I've been training him so hard not to chase and, and follow the scent of deer, yeah. and then all of a sudden start saying, "Hey, right. find the that's, scent." So yeah, that's, you know yeah, what? That's that that actually work out perfect because now now I have the ammunition to go home and tell my wife we need to buy a new dog just so yeah. we can shed on. And I went with and I went with him because he was gonna he's a, a red lab and. I was going to use him for birds, uh, but he turned out to be gun shy and it didn't work. But on top of that, he he just ran deer. Like mm. it, he'd be at the house, you'd open the door if there were deer in there. He was gone. I mean, he was always running deer. So it was like, okay, maybe we can find something. That's how I got into shed hunting, just finding something for him to do. Right. Like outside, like you know, give him a job. Like right. what dogs want they want. Oh a job. yeah, they want to do something. They yeah, want a they, job. Especially, I mean, those so. are those hunting breeds. They're all sort of high strung and right. and have a lot of energy. You got to find a way to get that energy out of them. Yeah. So yeah, that would be good. So that's good. I I'll talk to talk to my wife new when dog. I get home with new yeah. dog. Hey, what, what's a third one? I got one. I got one. <laughs> I think I got one on the, on the way when we get a new place. That's awesome. So like that's we get awesome. a new place with a little more elbow room. I think we're I think we're great. Yeah. That'd be great. So you've already done some shed hunting. Yep. Um, I actually just yeah. today got permission to shed hunt a new property. So now you're gonna to wanna to go like tonight. Uh, can't go tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, can't go tonight. Yeah. Gotta to spend time with the wife, should be home tonight. Uh, tomorrow I have to work on my bow, um, remount my sight. Uh, so maybe Thursday, I yeah. might be stopping out. One of our coworkers uh, gonna have, allow me to walk on his property and nothing but food, so. Shouldn't be too long. You know exactly who I'm talking about. So letting you kick around a little bit yeah. on his field edges. Yeah, I'm just gonna walk around the field edges a little bit. He's got bit. a lot of field edges. He there. does. He does. So it's one of the things that take a good pair of binoculars. I already have them in the truck. Yeah, because when you're walking out of field <clears> edges <throat> and you just scan the field as you go, yeah. corn stalks are a pain in the butt. Yeah, They're tricky big time. Yeah, I'm so not hit his soybean fields. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll be I'll be hitting as many fields as I can. Yeah. I'm gonna look a little into his woods because he has said that. You know, if I, he'd be willing to let me hunt there. Uh, I just have to talk to his nephew. Yeah. His nephew hunts there, so I've been putting that off a little bit because right. I have a couple other properties, but I'll look around a little bit, and yeah. it's always good See to have like. another property in I your can. back pocket. Especially because it's real close to where we work. Yeah, that makes it very nice, yeah. very nice. Uh, less travel time yeah. before hunting. So anything else? What else you got going on? Well. I have been going around work collecting buckets. I've 
and you we, know we have you've talked heard about and you've that. seen I, the bucket. I'm excited about. <laughs> I'm excited about this. Yeah. yeah so, so I'm collecting tell buckets us about because that. I am. I'm doing maple syrup for the first time. Uh, just looking for something to do. Like my wife and I both teach, and you know we see the effects of screen time. You know, kids on their phones, videos, and all this stuff, and the links to depression and anxiety and everything that comes with. Uh, staring at a computer screen, staring at a phone screen, staring at a TV screen. So I'm kind of doing some preventative maintenance here and thinking what, like as a family, that we can do outside all the time. You know, my wife's very active. She runs, she runs marathons, you know that. So like, we got running, check, you know, so our kids will see her being active running. And me a little bit. <laughs> Just enough so I don't have a heart attack. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they'll see me hunting and fishing. Whether my kids get into hunting and fishing, they get into hunting. You know, you don't. Right. You don't want to force that because then maybe they pull away from it. Right. So if they get into it, great. If not, at least they'll see me being outside and active, and that'll hopefully promote them because there's stuff they can do with that. Whether they're yeah, I mean, even, fishing or not. I mean, even though I know your son's young, but you know, even just taking him with you out to the trees and yeah, you know that kind it. of stuff, just walking. I he mean, loves it. That's, spotting deer. Now we ride yeah. in the car. He's like spotting deer. I'm like, well, it's, it's light outside, bud. We can't, <laughs> we can't spot deer right now. You can look for them. Yeah, you can look not, for them, but... We're not spotting. But, so this was just kind of like in the same vein of like, what can we do outside, you know, that's something that... It's just something we always do. Like, mm -hmm. So we started now. He's two, you know, planning on more down the road. It's just going to be something that they always know that we do. We go check the buckets and bring the sap back and you know, boiling on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever. So it was like, that was where the idea came from. And now I'm getting like super into it. I talked with the cafeteria uh, ladies and they're giving me the old, you know, food grade buckets. So I have, I don't even know how many of those now. I got half a dozen or more of the buckets that they gave me, three gallon buckets. And so I'm starting off, I know maybe it sounds big, but it's actually in the scheme of it, the more I read about, it's really small. I got about 20 gallons I'm gonna have by this Saturday of sap. Right. So you think, holy what, crap, 20 gallons. What would that boil down to? Uh, anywhere from two to three pints. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Man, so yeah. that's, that's special stuff. You're not giving that to just yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah. so the, it, the ratio, I guess, is like a 40 to one-ish. Wow. And like, there's a lot of particulars about, I mean, really, it, the, like the concept is easy. Boil it. Right. And boil off the water, you're gonna have your sugar for the, for the syrup, but you got to make sure you don't cook it too hot. But you know that you're a culinary yeah, guy. Yep. You cook sugar too hot, yep. it becomes hard yep. candy. Yeah, or you got to you know, get it to the right. Yeah. Point. So the syrup is there's a certain degree that it right. should be at, and then the more I read, like these old school guys, just go by like look and feel texture. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, but I'll have a thermometer. And right. All, you know all that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to, to I'm see really excited how this works. Too, because um, I, dude, I went like so, I just tapped. This is kind of late because like I wanted it to be small, like mm -hmm. you know. So I was really waiting for the weather to be warm and like cold, you know. So I waited. I tapped last Thursday after work when I picked up my kid at my parents' house. They got big, nice maple trees. You can't even fit your arms around oh, wow. them if you hug them. So they've been there for I don't even know how long. But I, as soon as I drilled into it, it was like pouring out. Like oh, wow. it looked like you were like water was coming. It's five sixteenths hole, and it was just pouring out of there. I came back the next day to pick them up. My three-gallon bucket in that tree was overflowing. Wow! So, like, That's I don't cool. even know how so many gallons I would have got that day. Do you, Do you have to tap 
specific maple trees or can it be any maple tree? Any maple tree will make syrup. syrup. But However, some are better than others right. because there's a lot of different species. Right. So the most that we have around here are uh, sugar maples, yep. which are like those are the bright colored ones, mm -hmm. like the oranges and the reds and the purples. Mm -hmm. Those you're, those are going to be your sugar maples. And then you have other maple trees that are kind of like a dull yellow in the fall. Yeah. You know, silver maple. Those are silver maple. Yep. And those are the two best to get syrup. Oh, those are the two best. Those are the two best. I mean, my, my neighborhood, my plant is full of silver maples. Yeah. I don't have any on my property. Yeah. Because uh, I hate cleaning up the leaves. The, so I clean up all the neighbors' leaves that land on, on my yeah. yard. Um, I just did that. that. They're outdoors. I did that yeah, this weekend too. Yeah, I had to so, rake up all my neighbors' leaves um, from the winter. I might, but, I might talk to a couple of my neighbors about maybe tapping Dude, it's trees. really easy to get the sap. I don't know how easy this is going to be to like actually get syrup. Cut it down, but, but it's, it's really easy to get yeah. the sap. Huh. My so, brother checks the buckets because he lives behind my parents. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that doesn't affect the timber value, right? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, that's what. Well, at least okay. the, in the book that I said, it said if you if you tap the tree a lot, like year after year, uh -huh. it's going to affect the if you're playing on timbering, it's going to affect okay. it. Okay. But okay. if you're, I mean, if you're getting maple syrup, but I don't know how much it, I don't know how much it does. Right. Right. But huh. that's interesting. Like I said, it's just something cool. Like now, my kid, so I have like a, I, you hammer, I hammer them in with like a rubber mallet, you know. So it's still sitting in the back of my truck, and I pick him up from daycare, and I put him in the, the car seat, and it's still sitting there. And he goes, hammer trees, hammer trees. He wants to hammer the <laughs> trees. Good. So that's what he's doing. He just he likes hammering in the, you know, so, but that, awesome. that was the goal of that, you know, and it worked. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so now it's something that he, he wants to do. Like, we going to hammer trees? Like, no, but we already did them all. Like, now we just got to wait. So he tries helping to carry the bucket and that whole deal. So, like, it was like, that was the whole idea of this. Yeah. That's why I got into that. that yeah, that's for, great. That's awesome for that yeah you know and sort of talking about trees so i guess so this past weekend you know since it snowed um luckily for us the ground wasn't frozen <laughs> so uh i had some trees that i decided to to take up um that i've had in my basement and outside yeah. and all that stuff so uh my father-in-law so or my father-in-law my father and i uh doing I guess probably what you hope to do whenever you get to my dad's age, but yeah. I hope to be doing when I get to my dad's age. We actually spent a couple hours planting trees yeah. on our property. Uh, so he he had bought uh, some blackberry bushes yeah. from Tractor Supply. It was buy one, get one free. So Yeah, I know. I almost uh, did that the other it, day, too. He decided to do it. <laughs> yeah, if uh, we weren't thinking of selling our place, I probably yeah. would have so I could have blackberries for So <laughs> we, we planted out in our field. We're trying to do some hedgerows out there just to yeah. give some cover for the deer from the road. Yeah. Uh, and, and the turkey will eat that. And the turkey will eat yeah. that and songbirds. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it'll end up being good. So we planted uh, two of those and then uh, three pawpaw trees and yeah. two Arkansas black apple trees yeah. uh, added to our orchard. So... Uh, that was the start of our of our tree planting. Tree planting. Uh, we I fully expect this year to plant upwards of 300 trees on impressive. our property. Now, they're the saplings, right? Yeah, the three trees we planted are are you know anywhere between three and five feet tall yeah. uh, that we already planted. Now, what we'll be planting are the saplings, which is nice and easy because yeah. it's just. It's Stick just yeah, make a little hole, stick, stick it in the ground. You know, you're not digging a hole like we did this past weekend. Right. But um, so I, I know, you know, you tend to plant some trees well, too. I'll be doing that because you know I know a guy. Yeah, who, you know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy um, who gives so, me a lot of trees. <laughs> so uh, something that I don't think a lot of people are aware of: uh, our game commission, Pennsylvania Game Commission. Uh, I don't know if it's in partnership or if they own, but they have the Howard Nursery. 
uh, where they plant all those saplings and bushes and mm -hmm. people can buy bundles of 25 trees or, or shrubs and it's all sapling stuff and it's all good wildlife things. Well, even less people know that the Game Commission also does something called seedlings for schools, uh, which is something that our district has been doing for now this is the sixth year that we'll yeah. be doing it and uh, I'm the one that started it yeah a so a way to pull sort of outdoors into yeah. into our classrooms well, a little bit kids get to play the right so you order you the trees the I do kids, I started right? with the preschool yeah. kids I've expanded it to more of my classes and then now all the way down through the elementary schools different teachers you know I ask them what they want and um, you know I order it for them so this year we have 600 seedlings coming uh, as what will as I'm sure will happen again as it happens every year some of the kids that's choose so that's a lot some so of the kids too. choose not to take the the seedlings home to plant yeah. uh, so we always end up with some leftovers so yeah. uh, this year I think the, the big thing there's some oaks that are going to be coming this year uh, I do believe um, and white pine which I'll be taking as many of those as I can yeah. since we just timbered a couple years ago uh, to sort of repopulate a little bit of our sort of pine thicket we have and then silky dogwood Which is always I a, a one good in my one. backyard from last year. Did you? Yeah, is it yeah, still it going? Grew, it grew great. Good. Oh good. man, it was it, yeah, and then my dog ruined it because he likes Itching himself on stuff <laughs> and he, he broke it in half So I'm like, oh this thing's gonna die and it, it kept, kept going. going. Yeah, yeah so I, it, it recovered. I would say on our property out of all the seedlings I've taken up there, I'd say we have about a 50% success rate in total, yeah, pretty good. which is pretty good. That's, that's really um, pretty good, actually. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really now, good. I will say that some, like the first round that I took up there from leftovers, they were crab apple trees, and I put some of those in some tree tubes, yeah. and those have about, seem to have about an 80% success rate. Yeah, they're in the tube. Unfortunately, well, anytime I did the crab apples, yeah. It's like the deer went by and just like pulled right. the whole, pulled thing, the whole, thing, the whole thing out. Thing. Right. Yeah. So that's where we, I'd say we lose the most of ours is just deer. They just pulled the whole thing out. Yeah. Uh, the tree tubes are great. The problem is they're pretty pricey. Yeah. Uh, we're now running out. I think we only have about eight left. So eight, of our, used, eight uh, of our seedlings will get tree tubes. And after that, we're just putting them in the ground and hoping that, you know, ones grow. We, do, uh, we try to like old fencing mm -hmm. we do old like anytime like yep. you see people getting rid of stuff like that garden fence yep. even like we the, do that like, those blackberry bushes yep the blackberry bushes we protection. planted we actually got um two by four fluorescent fixture covers that's a wire cover that sort of protect the bulbs from getting hit we actually got those for free because the machine shop lo local one was yeah. uh, just going to throw them away and we we're like well we'll take those so we actually took three yeah. of those and made a triangle and and dug those into the ground around the blackberry bushes yeah, just so that something like can't get to it. And, and honestly, more than anything, so that we don't mow them over. Yeah, <laughs> if true. you forget that it's there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we've used old pallets. We've used, um, I, I mean, anything you can find. Our neighbor right. up at our cabin just took down a chain link fence. I'm gonna be using that to fence in one of the food plots uh, that we have up there. We're, and my uncle has some access to some snow fence so we're going to be using that because we noticed last year that it, our food plots just did not grow. Yeah. And it's not that they didn't try to grow. It's not that the soil was wrong. It was that the deer. Did you ever try to make like something that you set over it that they can't the even enclosure. see how much it would Yeah, we've done grow. that. So, yeah. so with three, the three, or no, I'm sorry, four fruit trees, we already have like full, full size, you know, they're probably 12 years old. Um, 
that we plant there. We actually fence them in so the deer can't get to them. Right. Uh, with eight foot deer fence and everything. I mean, they're hardcore, can't get into it. Well, of course, the food plot seed that we plant there also gets in there. The, I'd say the highest any of the brassicas, it's a brassica blend that we plant. So sugar beets, radishes, clover, chicory, and a yeah. little bit of kale. Uh, is in that and I'd say the highest it grew in the food plot was maybe about three-quarters of an inch Yeah inside those enclosures the chicory got three feet tall. Yeah, three feet So it, it's not that it's not growing. It's that the deer are just, just mowing it down So we're gonna be doing some fencing this year right after we plant to try to keep the deer out as much as we can until it starts growing, until it starts growing give it a chance yeah. um, in our one in the one uh, spot that we have it's a sort of a, a bench top of a bench uh, we had it's just so rocky yeah. uh, so we actually started putting we put um, horse manure and cow manure down and we put um, mushroom manure down yeah. and compost and all this that stuff that anything that's build up instead of trying to get all those rocks out of there right. which worked great uh, things started to grow the problem is the dirt was just so loose because it was that manure that even just the deer walking through you could see you know the plants pulling up out of there so yeah, this year a couple years this year I'm actually gonna get some some top not necessarily topsoil topsoil but I'm gonna get just regular dirt and right. just put that on it too and, and work that in to try to solidify a little bit but the right. whole deal for us is just we gotta keep the deer out of there until at least stuff starts to grow. Yeah, give it a chance. Yeah, so hopefully. Um, also, we just got done this weekend, because it was a great weekend to do it, we frost seeded. Have you frost seeded at all? Not yet. Well, I mean, we do, like, you do? it's not like I, we never have. But yeah, we just haven't yet. We haven't yeah, we just, I just did that this weekend, so all, we have some access roads for our side-by-side, -side, so we can Yeah, that's places. usually the one you do it on. Is right, like so we throw clover and chicory mix uh, on there for for some frost seeding just because it makes it so much easier yeah uh, that ground you know freezing and thawing and pulling those seeds in just makes it right. so much easier on us right. um, but then I also bought some oats as well some forage oats and put that in that uh, bench food plot yeah. uh, with the idea of it'll hopefully grow some deer will eat some of it uh, and then whenever I will actually not I won't kill it but I'll sort of semi till it under a little bit uh, before I plant that brassica mix again yeah. so that it'll sort of hold the soil together a little bit with that already root system already there. Yeah. The, I guess the idea is supposed to be green manure. It's supposed to be good for putting nutrients back in when those oats well, die off. You know, like I, you know, I, have, a, I have a garden at home mm -hmm. too and that's, I mean, you're not supposed to put what you grew back into it, but like anything we do, right. uh, my wife, we do like our you know, like our meal planning or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it you know during the week but she has beets and whatever mm -hmm. you know like you're shaving your carrots yep. and all yep. that all stuff so we gotta put that back we in. got a bucket by the sink and we everything goes in the bucket and then next time i go outside i throw all that yep. stuff into the garden i do that all year yeah. long so yeah. we're gonna see it wasn't expensive for yeah. just a little that's what you gotta it, do it's under a quarter of an acre i mean it's a, it's just a hunting food plot it's mm -hmm. small it's just a spot for them to stop on their way through you know right. so you have to get a, a shot so you know one pound frost seeding of oats was more than enough for that area so right. hopefully something will grow and we'll see if we can get a little bit of green manure yeah. going on those food plots yeah that's always yeah, i enjoy this stuff you know yeah it's, it gets you like i said like i was saying earlier it gets you outside get you outside i mean what right. else am i going to be doing this time of year right you know getting getting me outside doing something that i enjoy and yeah so i was getting stir crazy this winter yeah me too <laughs> me too <laughs>
talk about one of our partners, SOS Gear. SOS Gear is based in Montana and run by Chelsea, and she makes some great products out of paracord. Right now I'm holding a belt Chelsea made me just a couple weeks ago. This belt is absolutely gorgeous. I went with the black and black camo, but that's not even the best part. My father's been wearing the same style belt for a year, and it looks brand new. Other people I've talked to have worn their belts without any rips or frays for two, three, and even five years. There's a wide range of colors you can pick from, so you can make your own statement. Check out some of her products she's made over at her Instagram, SOSGearMT, or her Twitter, at SOSGearMT. You can order a belt of your own at SOSGearMT.com. That's SOSGearMT.com. Also, I mean, the part that I like is is being a little bit of a steward of the land, right? Um, you know, so when you talk about when we talk about food plots and, and hunting plots and all that stuff, I mean, like my wife when I talk about that, she's thinking I'm playing this solely so I can shoot a deer right. that's eating that. Yeah. And I mean, yes, is that sort of the ultimate goal? Yeah, pretty much. But like this year, I watched. You're helping them out. Too. I, I watched the entire herd of deer that are up there eat out of those food plots. Right. We shot, yeah, shoot them all. we shot five deer. Right. So, you know, 20, 30, 40 deer benefited from the things that we planted up there. Right. And we shot five of them. So it's helping, you know, the greater good more than necessarily just that one. You know, I'm not trying to, I would like to, but I'm not trying to grow that 200-inch buck. Right. That's not going to happen. I'm no, not worried about that. Especially not in Pennsylvania. Not, <laughs> not up north. That's not Pennsylvania gonna public land, right. good luck. Ain't happening. So... <laughs> You know, it's more of trying to just sort of help the overall population as much as, much as we can. And then right. with that, you know, the turkeys and the songbirds, I mean, that's why we're planting the raspberry bushes and, and blackberry bushes yep. and things like that up there. See, that spring's getting me antsy for turkey, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go hard for it again this year, but yeah. uh, I'm not a successful <laughs> turkey hunter, so... Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a shot. I love it. Don't know if it's going to happen, but we'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, what about cover? You doing? You planting any thinking about any kind of cover or anything like that for deer? Yeah, we're, we're in pretty good shape up there. We planted uh, a handful of years ago, we did uh, a lot of pines, you know, okay. the, the seedlings. Yep. Uh, we did a lot of pines in certain places. We made, you know, kind of patches of it. And we also kind of used it as like border markers for our property mm -hmm. too, you know, to like know where the property edge was in comparison to some other places. But uh, so that's, we're waiting for that to grow. You know, yeah, we, already, right. we already did that stuff we have. Uh, what else did we put in a couple years ago that's grown really nice? I can't remember now. But we did it on the edge of one of our food mm -hmm. plots, and that's already, you know, it's like shoulder height, whatever. I can't remember. I wish I did. But, yeah, so we're in pretty good shape with that. It's just kind of, now it's just maintaining. Yeah. Like, I think everybody's happy with what we got, mm -hmm. and it's just getting the leaves off the food plots, you know, getting the, right. getting tilled back up and getting yeah. stuff planted. That's going to be starting here right about now yeah that's we we have been thinking a lot about cover uh for the last couple of years because we should we did that shoulder wood timber cut about yeah. five years so ago it, opened, you up big it opened us up huge i mean there's we went from being able to see maybe 100 yards from yeah. from any stand to like from my stand i can see easily 300 right. yards uh, well, that's part of that is too. Like, you get to pick what. Yeah, that's out, that right? is, and that's yeah. why we did. So, yeah. I mean, we did it for two reasons. One, we didn't have the trees to do a true timber cut for the money because they're not big enough uh, for those sort of select cuts. 
but we had a lot of birch trees. We got birch trees like crazy. Speaking of sap, you could have been making birch sap. Could have been making birch <laughs> sap. Uh, instead, we decided to have a company who was doing our neighbor's property. So we figured, hey, you know, do ours too. Yeah. Uh, they came in. They they took out every birch tree uh, that they could find, and. Um, so the way it works is they try to leave like an oak tree every 50 yards or so. Um, and so it seeds the new oak trees. So if you have like two oak trees next to each other, you take out the one that doesn't look as nice as the other one. So that one can thrive and you get the money from that one. Uh, so with that, yeah, it opened up a whole lot of area for us. Uh, so now we're picking and choosing what we're doing Mm -hmm. and where we're putting things, but it's still, you know, five years later, like still looks pretty barren so right. we're doing a lot of work with trying to more screening cover uh we are we are planting as many pines as we can in, in our pines area to give the deer some cover but we're trying to give ourselves some cover to be able to access our yeah, stuff yeah i was gonna say we even just walk into the stand yeah so you can see 300 yards right they so, see a lot more than oh, 300 yeah. yards so <laughs> we've been we've been playing the last couple of years some native grasses and that's been a little tough uh, native to Pennsylvania yep. grasses, which has been a little tough because the soil is not very good up there. Right. Uh, so we're actually toying with the idea of maybe planting uh, some Egyptian Egyptian wheat as some screening cover because apparently it doesn't need as quite as good as soil and things like that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, not sure if we're going to go that route or not this year. It's a little pricey and, and it's not native. We're trying to do everything, keep, you know, it, keep it in PA yeah. type deal. Um, so we'll see we haven't decided that yet um yeah. but that's where you know the blackberry bushes and things like that come in play yeah. as well so um what about pollinators you got any anything on there are you trying to help any of the bees well or anything like that we, got, we, we have our crab apples okay. you know we we planted we always plant the, the saplings crab apples but my brother a couple of years ago he did uh he potted them and would take them in in the winter and mm-hmm. like he was really trying to get some good crab apples to give them a chance because you know like you said the soil up there it's hard to get stuff it's hard to give stuff a chance but uh so we got four or five of those in in one spot and this year we're hoping this year that they're gonna they're gonna bloom and and go uh so that's what that's what we did we invested in that a while we got some chestnuts too okay i don't know if that that, those would be those would have to be a pollinator yeah those would be a pollinator too yeah they do flower uh good luck with that from everything I've heard, they they grow for about 15 years, and right before they're about to start producing, they die. Really? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> of course, <right>? um, <laughs> you know. Well, we've had we've had those ones. In, we've had chestnuts in for, geez, I was in college, 13 years now. Okay. So should be getting close to that make or break time. Death. Yeah, because there's there, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the problem so. with chestnuts. Is there's a there's a blight that hits them oh, okay. apparently so we're we're trying to we have yep. three or four up there that we're trying to to nurse and, and move along yeah. hopefully it, it works out yeah who knows if it will or it won't uh for us it was free you know we have a friend that has a chestnut tree that's still living and drops so he gave us you know he right. started them for us and we just sort of trying to keep, keep them down. going um, well another thing i'm going to do kind of for pollinator wise and this is making fun of my uncle uh because he built we call it the shed blind because uh, our property is tough to access, like you can get stuff too, mm-hmm. you know, because we're on like a hillside to get up to the top where the food plot is. So he wanted to build a shed to kind of keep stuff in, right. you know, lime and the spreader and yeah. the yeah. tiller, like, you know, just so we didn't have to haul it right. up and down the hill, you know. 
So then he gets the idea, well, if I'm going to build a shed, I'll just build a blind on top of it. So Why not? we call it the shed blind. It's yeah. like this really tall building. Well, then he gets the bright idea that maybe he's going to make it big enough where he could have a, like a cot in there so he could just sleep in it. Oh, well, you know? okay. So it's, right. yeah, it's starting to like get yeah. pretty big, right? Yeah. So I, we're making fun of him for it, you know, like, like what is it, that going to be your house up there or whatever, you know, like kind of just picking on him, you know. He, Worst he places to, get, to live. <laughs> he wants to get like solar, so he's a battery, so you get a little microwave, like, oh, he's got all kind of <laughs> ideas going <laughs> with this thing, right? So I'm going to get uh, like flower pots. Okay. And like plant marigolds in it, like, and, like nice. hang it on yeah. there. So yeah. you know, like so that's what's coming. He doesn't know that's coming, but I'm, that's what I'm. Yeah, doing. but that's good though. Because I do marigolds, like I do marigolds at our house, like around around the, mm -hmm. like landscaping and stuff. And then when they die, you just pick them off. Right. And, like, you just plant them again the next year. Yeah. You know, so you don't ever have to work. So I have fun. No, but that's you know, good because that's that's helping pollinators. Yeah. And I'll I'll plant I'll put them in the pots up there with them, yeah. and I'm going to throw some in the food plot too. Because or do the deer eat the marigolds, or they don't eat the marigolds? I don't think they eat them. Um, do they will they eat the flowers? I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know. If, I don't. I I want to say no because I want to say that's, that's why, why the few. I plant marigolds around the garden mm -hmm. to keep the rabbits out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I know turkey do like that's the bugs I, that live in the marigolds. That's so what I thought. I would say that would probably be a pretty good idea. Um, so for me, I just I'm in the process of finishing a mason bee house. I'm actually making. Are you going to do house. it? I already made the house. I thought you weren't, weren't going to do it. No. You said well, I was. So it all started with me looking in the honeybees. I was going to do honeybees up at our cabin. The problem is they're too um, needy. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, maybe you should. So, maybe I shouldn't plant marigolds so, in the food oh, really? Why Thanks, is that? Google. What does <laughs> what does the wisdom of Google have to say <laughs> about marigolds? Marigolds are annuals in all U.S. Department of Agricultural Plant Hardiness Zones. Often marigolds with their slightly bitter, sharp fragrance are planted to keep grazing animals like deer and rabbits out of the Yeah, so don't put that in the food <laughs> so we're not put marigolds No, in the I wouldn't put that in the food Yeah, plot. don't do that. So the answer is no, deer do not eat deer do not marigolds. Eat uh, don't plant, plant well, that if you don't, don't want the deer to If I don't want to shoot something, I'll put, I'll put the marigolds in this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I was uh, I was gonna do honeybees, is what yeah, I was yeah, gonna yeah. do. Sorry, I didn't know um, but unfortunately they're a little too needy, and, and you know if a storm's coming in, you have to go and cover them up. Yeah, I'm only I'm not up there enough. You know, it's not at my house. I can't do that. So I was looking into other pollinators, and found out that mason bees are actually better pollinators than honeybees. Oh, that's right, you're doing the mason one. Yeah, the mason bees. So, so yeah. um, they're and they're basically let them live and yeah. forget about them. So I made the house uh, itself. I still need to finish uh, the insert that goes in with just five sixteenths holes that they sort of make uh, their sort of cocoons in. Yeah. Uh, so I still got to finish that. But the house is up. Uh, it's ready to go. I just got to finish that insert. It's you all uh, sealed. It's sealed with uh, coconut oil. I needed a natural sealant. So hopefully the bears that scent wears off before the bears find it yeah <laughs> <laughs> up there but um yeah so then it's just buying the bees it's like 30 bucks um and, yeah and they're non-aggressive which is nice because they don't have a queen so so, so they very low chance that they're going to sting you yeah. uh i've been told that if they do sting you it's like a mosquito bite yeah. more than like actual bee sting so that that's nice too so yeah. we're going to give that a shot um 
and we're still we do this every year uh, yeah, helping the bee population yeah we're trying to help yeah. the bee population well and the big thing for us is since we have those fruit trees we want them to bear fruit they have right. to be pollinated so what's going to um, pollinate what's going to pollinate them so let's you know get some mason bees that's right there by the orchard uh we're also going to plant some uh some sort of native to pa wildflower mixes as well just to get that up there too uh, and then I have some daylilies that uh, grow to my house on a hillside that I'm going to remove that part of the hillside. So I'm just going to transplant them, put them right up at our camp. And they'll grow and every year. They'll grow every year. I don't have to worry eat. about them. I'm sure the deer will also eat those too. So, yeah. um, you know, a it, it, little bit of everything going yeah. on. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's... Why not? I'll give myself something yeah. to do. Why not? <laughs> if I'm doing work up there, I don't have to do work at the house. Yep. So exactly. we're gonna keep that going as much as possible. Good. So, any uh, concluding thoughts? I got too many thoughts to conclude. All my my the wheels in my brain are just spinning on. Okay, what I need to do, when I yeah. need to do it. Uh, you know, when I need the spray to get rid of the grasses to then plant yeah. the everything there's so there's always something to do that um that's always the tough part i need to keep a couple weekends yeah. free of work so i can get the wife up there to go down the clarion river on a kayak and do some of the, the little fun bit, stuff a little bit more of the fun, the fun stuff for everybody's stuff yeah the fun for everybody's stuff yeah, well fun it'll stuff be fun for her as long as she doesn't fall in the river then yeah. she she'll be mad at me yeah just got to keep her. So it was your fault she fell. It, it will be yeah. guaranteed, <laughs> guaranteed. Which you know, it's my idea. So yeah. you know, so it's your fault. I got big chores. I can yeah. take it. <laughs> so. All right, man. Well, it was good talking. Well, uh, I guess let's get to work. Till next time. Till next time. And that will do it for today. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. This is something that uh, we sort of crammed down into about 30 or 35 minutes of talking, but uh, it's something that, that Talon and I could talk about for hours. Uh, like, like he said at the beginning of the episode, you know, it's sort of weird. Uh, all of a sudden we just start recording uh, when we've been talking already. Uh, you know, this is something that we're passionate about, and we hope it comes through in this podcast because uh, we can... We, we talk about this for hours and we could go on for a long, long time. We're trying to be a little cognizant of, of your time as a listener. Sometimes uh, long podcasts are a little bit harder to listen to, you know, to have that time. One thing that I do want to point out uh, before we leave is that uh, it is spring uh, and the weather is getting nicer and a lot of you are going to start heading out in the woods. Uh, I hope that you all start to uh, be safe in those activities. Make sure you have the supplies that you need uh, if you're going on a hike or you're going out into the wilderness, no matter what it is that you're doing, hiking, uh, hanging tree stands, uh, taking tree stands down, uh, using a chainsaw, any kind of uh, equipment or anything like that. Just make sure you have the proper precautions in place. Make sure that you have the equipment that you need for you know, survival and uh, situations, things like that. Uh, and make sure that you let people know where you're going, what time you plan to be back, things like that. Just in case something does happen, they know where to look for you and they know when uh, that they can sort of start feeling a little bit worried. So make sure we're staying safe out there. That's the big thing. And if you're climbing a tree, harness up it is something that we can all do to prevent these sort of tree stand safety accidents. So harness up, put yourself in a uh, smart position where you're not going to put your family 
either in a grieving situation because you're gone or in a hardship position because now they have to take care of you because you just chose to be lazy and not uh, put on your harness or you decided that your life wasn't worth the uh, 60 or $100 uh, harness that you can that you can buy these days. Also one more thing on that part uh, with the harnesses, please also, also, also check the dates on your harnesses. These harnesses aren't good forever. Uh, you gotta make sure you, you check their use date. Uh, I know mine is up. I will be buying a new one here in the coming weeks before I start doing any tree stand adjustments. Uh, to make sure that I'm safe. Those tethers, they can start to wear. And not, there's really, the only thing worse than, than falling out of a tree because you don't have your harness on is putting the harness on and it not being able to save your life because uh, you're using something that's old and, and really has you know maybe some issues with it. So please check your harnesses before you put them on. Make sure they're in good working order. And as always, stay wild. Mm -hmm.